0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So it looks like USC's sports information department made it official.
1: You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Fight on everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to listen to your podcast, we are free. And I do appreciate you coming along for the ride. Hope, uh, Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, do me a favor, hit that like button. And also, if you haven't become a subscriber yet, because it's free, it also would mean a whole heck of a lot if you would do that. And to all of you who already have, thank you. So very Very much. All right, so I'm going to have some really important spring camp news and other notes uh, in the third segment, so stay tuned. Uh, And I will get to those really soon. But first, you're going to get to play uh, Coach Alex Grinch for a day. And you get to tell each of the starters, uh, obviously on defense, what do they have to do to improve in 2023? Because when they do these little things to improve their own game, uh, obviously the defense will be better. And I think uh, Caleb Williams and the offense will take care of everything else. So, if I have Grinch for a day, and these are my starters coming out of fall camp. You know, we I last week I did uh, my... Starters on uh, both both sides of the ball coming out of spring. I'm jumping forward all the way to fall camp because that's when it really matters. So, um, my starters coming out of fall camp and I'm Alex Grinch. I'm giving each of these guys my honeydews and uh, their honeydew list and their homework assignments to make sure they're ready for that home opener against uh was that San Jose State week zero. So, this is my starting lineup fall camp. Assuming everyone is healthy, all right. I'm kind of going out on a limb here. Sort of this one, this position is really up in the air, but this is the position that needs to get its ish figured out because if it doesn't. Um, defense is not going to be much better than they were last year. So, rush end. Romello Height. He was last year's starter. Going into opening day, opening uh, first game of the season. And I'm going to assume if he is healthy, he will be the starter again this year. Whether his leash is long or short, we'll find out. But what he needs to do he needs to stay healthy and he needs to stay on the field. That would be a start. But um he also really what he needs to do because he's going to be on the field is he needs to get stronger uh, specifically in his lower body, and he has to be able to do that without losing any of his speed and agility. in the really the, the limited times that I've seen him uh, you know play and on the field. And this is also, I checked out some of his film uh, at Auburn. Uh, he tends to get, I don't know, how to say if he's in the pile to run, if it's if he's playing against the run, he gets crumpled up really easily. So he needs to get stronger, you know, specifically in that lower body. Uh, we're going to stay on the defensive line. Uh, if he's playing defensive tackle, Tyrone Tulaney, he's going to be starting. Whether it's inside or outside of defensive end, we'll figure that out. Uh, But in game one, he's starting at defensive tackle. And I just need Tyrone. I need him to continue to develop uh, and learn the game. Yes, he is mature. He's going to be 27 by the time the first game rolls around. But he's still raw as far as uh, American football is concerned. He already plays with a great tenacity. So with him, it's, he needs to refine his technique. Um, Maybe bring over some more of those rugby moves that he's been watching. Uh, I know he spent some time with his family Um, when he went back home. It was all over Instagram. So uh, yeah, bring some of those rugby moves back with him. So yeah, maintain that tenacity. And now just refine some technique that Coach Nua is trying to impart on you. Uh, Because you're Look, I've already said I think he's going to lead the team in sacks this year. I won't mind if I'm wrong because that means somebody else led the team, um, and I've got him with ten sacks. I just want him to double what he did last year. Was was have five? He was second on the team behind Tuli Tuiapolo. Continuing on the inside, nose tackle over the ball, Kion Bars. He's going to be the starter. Here's what I'm going to tell Kion. Pretend you're playing against USC and Mississippi State every single rep. In other words, continue to play with that chip on your shoulder. Uh, you know, he was essentially a, uh, a no-star coming out of high school. Very under-recruited, under-respected. Talk about him more later. Uh, so. Play with that chip on your shoulder. And here's what we need from him to take his game from where he was last year, which is really good, to the next level. Uh increase his sack total. And not get pushed back um, at the point of impact, because that's what Trojan fans are kind of been accustomed to the last couple of years. And then defensive end. I'm just going to say for the first game, whether or not he can maintain and hold on. Uh, He was the starter last year. I I know he's going to be challenged and pushed more this year. Dejon Benton. You're going to have to be more consistent. Otherwise, uh, I think Jack Sullivan is going to be taking over that spot. And if not him, Anthony Lucas. So it's going, there's a lot. More competition up front. You will see focused on the transfer portal during the offseason because they needed to. So uh, if I'm telling Dejan, hey, look, man, see those guys behind you? We brought them over for a reason. You are able to hold them off and, for this first game, but you got to show it now. So he needs to get physically stronger. Um, develop a second move. Uh, The bull rush that he likes to use, it, it, it doesn't work all the time. And it'll be much more effective if he's stronger. And it'll make his spin moves that he likes to use much more effective if he can push somebody one direction. My inside linebackers, Mason Cobb. Simple enough. Real easy. Here's your list. Just don't slide into what USC's defense was. You just be you. Be a tackling machine like you were at Oklahoma State, and um, everything will be fine. Eric Gentry will be the other starter. Shane Lee will still be a captain, but those are my two starting linebackers. Uh, Number one, add weight and tackle better. Period. Other than that, again, like Mason Cobb, you be you. You be all six foot six, and you use all your length and your arms and your your jumping ability and just be a pain in the arse uh, for quarterbacks to try and throw over and around. Uh, and again, maintain that uh, that your high IQ and that and that passion you bring. But most importantly, you got to get stronger and you got to tackle better. Cornerback one, Demani Jackson, stay healthy, get stronger and also maybe be versatile enough to uh, maybe slide inside, play nickel if needed. Look, USC's really deep at cornerback, not so much at nickel. Um, make yourself that much more valuable. And the NFL will see a, that much more valuable as well. Uh, cornerback two, it's going to be Christian Roland Wallace. Again, just bring over from Arizona what you brought. That physical ability to tackle, force fumbles. You got to get better at deep ball coverage, though. That's uh, something I don't know. Maybe I'm nitpicking, Uh, but he does have, you know, he has a tendency to always be around the ball. Um, So I have zero issues with your tackling ability. Um, Again, always around the ball. But when you're in coverage, you're gonna to have to increase your interception numbers too. I need I need to, I need at least three from your side of the ball, your side of the field. Excuse me. Um, and also, you know, he's really smart. All conference honor roll. Y'all you know, like that. At nickel, we're starting Max Williams. Uh, look, I'm not sure if he can grow any taller. He doesn't need to get any thicker. He's strong. He's got that pit bull mentality. Um, but if he's gonna be the starter. He's going to need to, Max, you're going to need to anticipate better. You cannot, and I'm talking about in the passing game, you read the run game fine. Uh, You're willing to stick your nose in there and tackle. But I can't have you playing behind guys crossing the middle, specifically tight ends that are typically bigger than you. Got to anticipate better. Um, Now, whether you were out of position last year, whether that was your fault or not, doesn't matter. Um, I mean, I think he might be better suited at strong safety for the reasons I mentioned. It gives him a better chance to kind of read the play rather than having to, you know, be that zone coverage guy for that guy coming off the line inside. That's a tough spot to be for someone his size. Strong safety is going to be Bryson Shaw. Uh, Needs to be better in the open field, one on one. Uh, He makes plays. Uh, now he's healthy, uh, so hopefully he'll be fully comfortable. Um, after, you know, having his he'll you know, have his feet under him now. I know Alex Grinch, the real Alex Grinch, likes him a lot, so he's going to be the starter. Uh, he, but again, needs to be better in the open field with his tackling. I think he reads the play pretty well. And then finally, free safety Kalen. Again, like <clears throat> like your buddy Eric Gentry, add some weight. Get better at your tackling technique. If you do that, you're going to be a first round NFL draft pick because your coverage skills are a plus, 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 plus. So now I just don't want to see you looking like Raggedy Ann getting ragdolled by guys that you're trying to tackle. You're six foot four. You got to be better than that. But again, you're pretty damn good. So, you know, if you—I don't know—can you add 10, 15 more pounds to that frame and and still maintain all of your other abilities? That's on your hunt, Mike. That's my honey-do list to Kalen Bullock. So if if these are the starters and these they do these little things, it doesn't sound like I'm asking a whole lot, does it? I think the defense is going to be 10 times better than they were last year, and that team with the country in turnover margin. All right. Are you uh, looking for a delicious treat right now, but don't want all the fat and calories? You got to try Built Bar. Uh, because if you're like me, you want to eat healthier and you don't want to compromise your taste, then I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, Healthy is actually tasty. And I mean, seriously, they're really delicious. You won't even think they're good for you. Um, what makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered. What did I what did I call it? 100% chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably, unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And they do all that great flavors, and they do it by giving you these. Um, Great macros. You're going to get 130 calories, four grams of sugar. That's it. And 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to go online. You don't have to order. You don't have to wait for them to ship to you. You can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head on over to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy to, uh, section. Grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four bar box of their cookies and cream or their double chocolate, or their coconut puffs. And if you're near a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, and then you can thank me later.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
0: I want to say thank you to my Locked On USC listeners and viewers. Uh, I want to do that as many times as I can. I also want you to go check out our new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're going to hear it from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. All right. So, the intrigue list has reached the top five. There we go. Nitty gritty. getting down to it. As I said, I'm going to have some spring camp notes coming up. Real shortly here in the next segment, as you can see, we're just a few days away. Um, so, if we're at the top five, that means by Sunday, when camp opens, you'll have all the pertinent storylines. There was a little hint. I've been telling you guys, March 4th, well, spring camp opens a day later on Sunday. Stay tuned. Number five on the We Intrigue list. This is the list that... um Each of the staffers submitted. Eric McKinney compiled all the results. And the voting tabulations came out. Anthony Lucas was the fifth most intriguing storyline going into spring camp. Here's, I guess, something that's intriguing right off the bat. Is he going to be the rush end or is he going to be a defensive end? You know, he came over from Texas A&M um usc was after him out of high school but you know texas a&m had one of on paper um if you're into the recruiting stuff probably the greatest recruiting class ever assembled in the history of the universe that was in uh 2022 not too long ago Uh, i actually watched uh watched Anthony play his senior season in high school in Arizona. I went out and watched a game and you can tell he was a dude then. This is how uh, the on three scouting service saw Lucas coming out of high school. A long, strong and fluid athlete with unique dimensions sports, a massive uh, hands and a seven foot wingspan. Back then he was six foot four, 290 pounds uh, has rare fluidity and movement skills at his size is light footed and moves quickly shows some natural pass rush skills that are not common with bigger defensive linemen has the ability to dip and bend in addition to turning speed into power also shows his athleticism as a pass catcher on offense. I did. I didn't really focus on. He's going to be playing defense. But what it points out is he's very athletic, uh, but not as productive as several of the other highly ranked defensive linemen. He often draws double teams, but could stand to be more physical and active on snap-to-snap basis. He's very young for for his recruiting cycle. With an October birthday, he could technically be a 2023 prospect. So that's how they saw him coming out of high school. I'm interested now to see him up close going into his college sophomore season. Last year, he recorded 10 tackles in seven games as a true freshman. And he played early in the season for the Aggies and he recorded all 10 tackles in the first seven games. Uh, Including, you know, he had four against Alabama, so he can play against top tier competition. Now, Recruiting rankings aside, he was a five-star, highly recruited. Everybody and their mother wanted him. Uh, my question is, how much of an impact can he make? Um, and can he make this USC defense better? Is he an impact guy? I mentioned, you know, is he a Russian? Is he going to be defensive end? I think he's going to play defensive end. I think he's going to be too big. I don't know if he's fast enough to play rush end, but you like his measurables. I mean, if he's got a seven foot wingspan and he can dip at the edge, you are probably gonna see him moved around a lot. Um, Romelo Height, Corey Foreman, Jamil muhammad you know, those are the others uh that are supposed to battle for that rush end position. So you can see there's there's players there. And Lincoln Riley was really high, on Muhammad, when we talked to him in January. So can Alex Grinch put someone with Alex, excuse me, with Anthony's size on the edge, um, and then maybe put maybe someone like Jack Sullivan inside of him, or any of the other you know guys who uh, play defensive end or defensive tackle. That rush end, you can move him from side to side, so he, you know he could be a boundary on, on either side of the defensive line. Now, again, 290 pounds out of high school to me doesn't sound like someone you put at rush end, but that's a spot for it to watch him at. And when you watch Grit's defense lineup, it's, like I mentioned, it's kind of difficult to tell what they're lining up to do, what position they're actually at. And I don't know, that's kind of a positive. Um, uh, if you can if you can confuse the opposition by you know mixing up your personnel package, hey more power to you. just get those best those guys out on the field to get after the quarterback because they that rush in position unless it was tooley it was just a non-factor. so that was the WeRSC guy at number five. my number five guy on the intrigue list was another defensive line transfer. I mentioned his name earlier in the show and I said, stay tuned. So, hint, there it is Kion Bars, defensive tackle, nose tackle, whatever you want to call him. I mentioned he was a no star, six foot three, 270 pound defensive tackle out of Murrieta, California, and he ended up at Arizona. Okay, I know I, like okay, I, when I bring up these recruiting rankings, it's for context purposes only. Because so many people put a lot of value in it, and there is a little bit of value. I just don't put a lot into it. So, you know who you are out there who always question me on this about this on the show. Move forward. Um. So six foot three, two hundred seventy pounds, coming out of high school, and he was just been getting better year after year after year at Arizona, and. The program is definitely on an upswing uh, with Jetfish. You know, those guys almost, you know, pulled off the upset over USC last year. So he's got those guys believing over there. Um, and so because, you know, they had they some talent over there, uh, USC is going to say, well, you know what? We're going to take some of your talent. We're going to return the favor. You want to pretend you can play with us? All right. We're going, to, uh, we're going to take three of your better players. You know, I've, we've talked about uh, Christian Roland Wallace and Dorian Singer. Kion Bars is the, uh, the third of that trio. Now, at the end of Kion's junior season, uh, he was still six foot three, but according to um, the Arizona website, he had ballooned all the way up to 310 pounds. And that's the case. Um, he's going to be challenging for the starting spot in the middle, lining up over the ball. And this year, ball camp starter uh, for me. Now, so what's in, so what is so intriguing about a guy who who started twelve games on the defensive line at Arizona? Uh, well, he had a career high thirty nine tackles last year, eighteen of those were solo. He uh, posted four and a half tackles for loss. He recorded a season-high five tackles uh, three times. He did that against Mississippi State. Uh, He did that against USC. And I can't see the other team. Uh, Nevertheless, um, he's one of those players that, as I mentioned uh, earlier, pretend you're playing against USC and Mississippi State every time the ball snaps. But, you know, go back to those days where you felt um, you didn't get any respect coming out of high school. Continue to play with that chip on your shoulder. Um, so those numbers that I was talking about just a second ago, 39 tackles last year, 18 solo. doing, And he's doing this over the middle and assisted on 21 others. And he was able to get four and a half tackles for loss. He's got some. He's got some athleticism and in in, for his size, so that's one reason why uh, Lincoln Riley and Alvin Grinch were excited to bring him over. And you know, obviously, he made an impression um, against USC, five tackles. I'm sure they saw his game film against Mississippi State and said, "Hey, if that guy can do it against SEC level competition, could probably do it against Pac-12 level competition." for USC. Uh, you know, in twenty twenty one he was second team all conference. I guess last year, uh Tuli Tui 2 And I, I can't re- I don't have it in front of me, and I apologize. I don't I don't remember who ended up all conference for whatever reason, Kion didn't make it last year, apparently, at least according to the Arizona Wildcats website. Um, and this is this is his competition. And why uh, Kion is so intriguing. USC returns Stanley Taufo, Tyrone Tulaney, Jamar Sakona at 300 pounds plus, Dejon Benton, Colin Mobley, maybe, um, who's close to 300 pounds, and Earl Barquette. If I didn't say 300 pounds with those other guys, that means USC needs someone of Kion's size. That's what makes him so intriguing. And the fact that he has the experience and you can slide him in there. So I'm going to be eyeballing uh, these guys that I just mentioned um, when I see them. Because right now, Jamar's the only one who's really listed, who's listed at three bills or more. I kind of threw Colin Mobley in there because when he came to USC, he was at 290. I'm going to assume, you know, he got fat and gained 10 pounds alone just by that. (laughs) Um, So Barr should be the starter.
1: Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
0: All right, here we go. Next weekend, USC is scheduled to open spring camp. I mentioned at the top that it's not going to be Saturday the 4th. Nope, they're delaying it one more day. It's going to open on Sunday the 5th instead. Not a big deal. Practices are set to run on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays going forward. So, that's why they're probably doing it on Sunday. Give the guys a day off and jump right into that first week of Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And then you're going to get a break for the next, what, 11 days or so. Because spring break, March 8th through the 21st. Get back to that in a second. Uh, The spring game is set, though. It will be April 15th. At noon at the Coliseum. So uh get out there. You're not gonna get a whole lot of opportunities to see Caleb Williams play inside the Coliseum. Get out there. Can't emphasize that enough. All right. Um, as far as taking a week off after three practice sessions, not a fan. I'd prefer the staff keep the team's attention all the way through spring camp. Once you once you got them, don't let go. Uh you know, and and maybe um just it's the cynic in me, the cynic in me. I'm being a little skeptical, but you know, guys are to come back winded, out of shape. Let's not forget it, it's spring break. These are young men. They want to go out and have some fun. Well that should be the reward. Either do it before or after. Um, so if I had to give them a break in between, I'd go two weeks on, then give them a week off, then two weeks back on. Or, as I said, just start USC spring break. Just start spring camp after spring break and go full throttle all the way through. Make the spring game a little bit later. You'll still have plenty of time to use the transfer portal May 1st. Media access. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, well, we're going to be able – it's going to be limited. We'll be allowed to uh, watch the stretching and the individual drills for the Tuesday and Thursday practices. And we'll have offensive and defensive players plus assistant coaches available um, after the midweek practices. Lincoln Riley will speak with uh, media on Saturdays via Zoom. I'm okay with that. I actually like those. Um, the freshmen, though, those guys are not going to be available to the media during spring practice, and I'm okay with that too. USC likes to put them through a process. Uh, to, they they work the sports information department um, likes to work with the freshmen, getting them ready for the media. And Katie Ryan is actually the one who does that. Um, And you can actually see how these young men mature and develop as the season goes along. You can see how they become more comfortable uh, working and dealing with us. So uh, let's see here. Media can view and stretch in individual portions of most of USC's weekday practices. These will be the practices we get to go to. So I told you it opens March 5th. We get to go on March 8th, the third one. Anyways, um, March 21st, 23rd, 28th, 30th, April 4th, 6th, 11th, and 13th. Those will be the practices. So here's my little mini rant. This isn't fall camp where everything needs to be super secretive. This is spring camp. Nothing is being done in spring that needs to be kept under the cone of silence. We know what you want, Lincoln Riley, the media that likes to go out to practice. We know what we should do, what we shouldn't talk about. Trust us a little bit more, just a little bit. I mean, the media can't even attend the first two days of spring camp. They're in their shorts and shells crying out loud. And then we get one day before they're set free for the next one, 11, 12 days for spring break. All anyone wants to know when camp opens is this. Who's out there? Who isn't? And here's something else, Trojan fans don't expect any injury updates. If I see a yellow jersey, you won't know about it. Can't talk about those. So, uh, Rehab Island is going to be a tricky, uh, tricky talk. We'll figure it out. So, you guys tell me out there, viewer, audience, listeners. What do you want me to look for in the limited amount of time available to the media? I'm going to offer all I can, what I can, and I'll be as creative as I can so I don't cross uh, that line. So hit me up with your questions. Give me your answers. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Mark Colkin. You can throw it up there on YouTube, ask me questions. You can head over to WeAreSc.com when you're done making Locked on USC your first listen and let me know there. What else do I have? Oh, in other news, USC's Pro Day is set March 21st. It's going to be 8.30, Loker Field. Excuse me, Alex, and Felix Field at Loker Track Stadium. Oh, by the way, it's closed to the state. Closed to the public, but at least you know when it's going to happen. Oh, here's some good news. Former Trojan offensive lineman and Oregon assistant offensive line coach Vianney Talamayavo. He is expected to be named the new offensive line coach at Stanford. Viani is really climbing those ranks really fast, and I couldn't be more happy for the guy. Great young dude. I consider him a, uh, I consider him a friend, um, and I'm just really excited for the guy. So now, is this the Stanford that used to beat up at US, USC's line of scrimmage every year? No. But with that said, Vienne is a really strong recruiter, and that's going to be a major plus for that Stanford program. Uh, Troy Taylor is the new head coach up there, so Vienne is going to understand his pool of talent. To, pool of talent to recruit from is going to be very limited, you know those Stanford standards that they have to work with. But um, that's a good thing for Stanford to bring to bring Vienne in. And it also looks like, final note, I'm going to be going to Vegas twice here in the next uh, four months. So, I got the Pac-12 tourney coming up in a couple weeks. And then the Pac-12 announced that their final Pac-12, at least for me, my final Pac-12, Football Media Day, will be in Las Vegas July 21st. Um, I might do the Will Ferrell streak as I celebrate my final Pac-12 media day. Maybe not. Then again, it is Vegas, so anything's possible. Um, Yeah, that's all I'm going to talk about. I'm already going into overtime here. I'm going to save anything else I had there. I was just rambling with some other notes, but I have another note I will talk about. On our next episode of Locked On USC, we come at you five days a week. I didn't think I was gonna have a whole lot to talk about. I did. So I'm glad you came along for the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know, talk to me. I will be back for another episode. And so until then, you know what to do. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need